Hello, everybody, and welcome to an emergency edition of Talking Jacks. This is technically episode 72, uh, but it's coming much sooner than we anticipated. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben Goshorn, a.k.a. Goose. Uh, I'm just going to have to start calling you Goose instead of Ben, because that's what everybody knows you as. <laughs> How have you been in the last, I don't know, two months since the season wrapped up, Goose? Oh, I've been good. Um, I guess we're officially at the end of the local um, American soccer season, so I guess I'm going to have some uh, withdrawals here pretty soon. But uh, but yeah, I'm good. How how have you been holding up? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, this weekend was weird. I yeah. felt like I was back in college. Um, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I went to Appalachian State. It snows a lot there. It does not snow mm. a lot elsewhere in the in North Carolina other than the mountains. Uh, but this weekend we got anywhere from 10 to 14 inches of snow, uh, in my area. So it was weird. Uh, there's still a lot of snow on the ground and ice everywhere. Uh, so work has been, work schedules have been thrown off and, uh, driving has been less than ideal in the mornings (laughs) and evenings. So yeah, yeah, it's been a little weird. Uh, but like you said, we wrapped up the American soccer season with Atlanta United's uh, victory in MLS Cup. So all as far as we know, all the American soccer seasons are now done and beginning off-season preparations. Uh, the USL off-season has kind of kicked up already. We've had yeah. a lot of player signings announced, um, and, and obviously there's been some big news with the Charlotte Independents, which yeah. is why we are in your ears today. So mm-hmm. it I came guess out of hibernation with a fury. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very unexpectedly. Um, and it was humorous because I decided to sleep in and completely regretted it. Cause I woke up at, I don't know, 10, 10 o'clock or so. And had numerous, uh, conversations with you going on with some other people and just tons of things to catch up on. And it was a little bit, uh, I didn't know whether to make coffee or check Twitter. Or it was a little bit of both, maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, break down the the news for us, Alex. But uh, what all transpired? We'll try to. Catch yeah, it really. Uh, so <laughs> this hap- this all broke on Friday, um, and and I'm going to give credit to uh, our friend Adam Martin. I think he must have a Google alert set up or something, because <laughs> he saw a story in the Irish Times, I believe it was. Uh, announcing this move that Jim McGinnis was being named head coach of the Charlotte Independence. And he passed that along. Uh, and I read it and I picked my jaw off the floor and said, okay, well, let me share this with some other people. And uh, and then we kind of broke the news on Twitter. And, and then from there, it kind of blew up locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ashley Mahoney, hat tip to her, she kind of got all the details out there because mm-hmm. uh, at, th- at that point we were like um you know obviously coach jeffries can't be the head coach at the same time that jim mcginnis is the head coach yeah. so e- he either has been very quietly fired or mm-hmm. is moving into another role in the organization and thankfully he was just moving into another role in the organization so yep. uh, there's a little bit of a front office reshuffle in terms of on the field uh, coach jeffries has moved to the general manager position uh, the former general manager, Tom Ingstrom, has moved to special assistant to the president, which is, uh, I think, more of an off-the-field uh, role. 
it sounded mm-hmm. it sounded in Ashley's story like he's going to be working on the relationship between youth soccer in Charlotte and the independence, which I think is a really important thing uh, to to work on. I think that's the next step in uh, the growth of lower division soccer is mm. developing whether it's partnerships or like independent youth academies and whatnot, but like making a pipeline an established pipeline to being a professional soccer player outside of the NCAA route. Uh, because mm-hmm. not that NCAA is bad or anything like that, but it seems like to be more in line with the rest of the world, we need to get our kids in professional environments at a younger age. And I think the USL is going to lead the charge in that way. So it's quite an organizational reshuffle. Um, also, it, is. it was announced that Dave Dixon has joined the coaching staff as an assistant coach. So mm-hmm. former head coach of the Charlotte Eagles, who uh, he led them to a championship two years ago. And then yeah. last season was an assistant coach with Indy 11. Yeah, so I think it's a it's a pretty good pickup. I, yeah, um, I, think it's, I think it's a good pickup as well may get lost in the shuffle considering everything else. Uh, but he's, he's obviously a quality coach and he could also um, be pivotable or pivotal, pivotable. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done this, isn't it? Uh, he's, it's, he's been, he's been pivotal for the Eagles. I mean, he was always a really good coach for them and kept them in high standards um, for them as well. Um, and he could continue to build that, branch outward as far as youth development goes and and getting some some maybe some younger players the other interesting thing um and and these are two other bits of note um information um one of them is definitely an, an older one a lot of people may know about but Eamon zayed has signed with uh, chattanooga red wolves uh sc i think is the last bit of their name um of uh, league one um so he is he is no longer a part of the team um and then another player, um, unfortunately, the the Onecra fan club is uh, has departed south. He has gone to uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, a little bit unfortunate there. I was a little sad when I heard the news, to be honest with you, because um, he's been a, a a multifaceted player for us um, for a while now. Um, I mean. 2016 season if i'm not mistaken yeah Last i think he's three been, seasons he's been with the team a while uh yeah I, I think it'll be interesting to watch that i think he'll it'll be interesting to see how they use him if they decide to use him in a more attacking role or if they play him where a lot of us have thought he played better in a deeper role um mm-hmm. so that'll be one to watch for sure um in, like you said, it's sad to see him go because I think he was part of the culture that this club has built. Um, you know, he played, like you said, for three seasons, played in multiple roles. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, you, he was one of those players that you knew every time he was on the field, he was going to give maximum effort. So we're going to miss Jan Ekra next season uh, for sure. Now we're going to transition to our interview with head coach Jim McGinnis. And uh, if you haven't heard much about Jim McGinnis, this is going to be really interesting. If you don't know anything about 
our new coach. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about him before we go into this interview. Uh, our new head coach is uh, his name is Jim McGinnis. He is from Ireland. He is a former Gaelic football uh, player and coach. And if you're not aware, which I was not aware uh, on Friday when this news was announced, Gaelic football is not just a fancy way of saying Irish soccer. Gaelic football is a totally different sport. Um, yeah, it's kind of. I don't know. I, I looked it's it like up. Rugby soccer. It's like rugby of? soccer and like cricket or something. It's like a bunch of different yeah. sports kind of mixed together. Um, and I hope there's not a lot of Gaelic football fans listening. I, I apologize for my ignorance. Um, <laughs> there probably are a lot of you listening because once you see this, uh, the name go up, he, Jim McGinnis is a legend of the sport yeah. uh, and an end of Ireland. Um, he's, I mean, he's, we, 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 I think the, independents have been in the press more this week uh than ever before it's just they're all in irish press <laughs> yeah uh, because there's... this is this guy is such a big deal over there so this mm-hmm. is really interesting he transitioned to coaching soccer in 2012 um and has been with uh celtic in scotland um and and also, most recently was with a club in China for a little while as well. So he's he's been, you know, he, where he went to go learn soccer is one of the, you know, more established clubs in Europe. They're in the Champions League every year. They're, you know, they're a great club. That's a great place to learn the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he achieved his UEFA A license. As much as he may not have a soccer career background, he's he's been coaching for a long time. He, mm-hmm. He's not going to be, he's not a person that has never had a head coaching in a way or a coaching position before. Yeah. He's and been I, a head coach, just not in soccer, but without further ado, here is uh, our interview with the Charlotte independence's brand new head coach, Jim McGinnis. My name is Chris Davis filling in for Alex and joining me as always, or Alex has been, how's it going, Ben? Doing good. Thank you for uh, taking the time to, to take this interview and uh, no just share some time with us in this exciting time. No um, we've just got a couple general questions. Um, I know there's a lot of hustle and bustle that's been going on with uh, with the changes, good changes though, um, but we just wanted to kind of get to know you a little bit more, uh, hear about your background and that type of thing. Uh, yeah. And the person that Ben is talking to is our new head coach, uh, Jim McGinnis, and we just got through watching his press conference here at uh, Jack's house. Loads of fun. Um, so to get started, from the little bit of research our, us fans have been doing since uh, we found out the news on Friday, it seems that you're a bit of a legend in Donegal as both a Gaelic football player and coach. Yeah. And then from, from what we can see, you got into soccer roughly six years ago or That's so. That's right, yeah. And so we were just curious, what made you decide to change sports? And do you feel like your experience in Gaelic football has given you any unique perspectives for soccer? That's a good question. Uh, I suppose it wasn't my decision in many respects uh, to change codes. It was really um, uh, when you've got the owner of Glasgow Celtic saying that he thinks that you can become a coach. Yeah. Um, that was really the, the catalyst for it. Um, and we were very fortunate. Like We were very fortunate. We had a really good group of players and we were very successful. And on the back of that success, um, uh, I think Dermot seen something in me that he felt um, could be harnessed. Uh, and set about sort of uh, inviting me into the Celtic family, if you like, and uh, 
and and put me on this journey of development uh, in terms of a coach. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I've been coaching all my life. I was coaching uh, when I was sixteen. I was coaching the under twelves in my own club, and that is that's been my life from from day one. So, um, but the transition into to football is it? Am I okay to say football? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, was an unexpected one, but one now that I've really really embraced and. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've, I've, I've gone to the very, very bottom rung of the ladder in terms of my own development, uh, consciously, um, with a very open mind. Initially, going into Celtic as a psychologist, which is my background as well, um, sports psychologist. And uh, that was all really based on uh, observation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, obviously, working with the academy and working with the younger kids and putting processes in place for development for them um, in terms of psychological, technical, tactical, everything online, uh, a platform that's sort of care, catered for their developmental needs. And and constantly through that process then, obviously observing Neil Lennon and Ronnie Daly came in, the manager after that. And it was maybe two years in that I started, uh, you know, in terms of uh, observation, uh, I, started, um, I started coaching and I started out with the under 16s and then the 19s, the under 20s. Um, and then on the back of that sort of felt I was ready to go out in the world mm. and experience uh, a different style of football to Celtic because mm. um, I had got such an education for the, for the four years that I was there, five years that I was there um, and the style that, I, uh, that I, I went for was almost the opposite to what uh, the philosophy was at Celtic which I felt was important for my development and uh, and I think it's two styles that are sort of close to my heart and um, I think it's important to be able to keep the ball and use the ball and break teams down and play through the thirds and, and be be clever on the ball but also dangerous on the ball but also the capacity to force the game and to, to create situations out of very little um, and obviously you need a certain type of player for that with a certain type of attitude mm. um, to make that happen and so... So yeah, all these things have been sort of um, coming together over the last six years and um, I'm just really excited now and really thankful, obviously, as well to the club here for giving me the opportunity to, to start out, um, to start again <laughs> yeah. for the second time in my life uh, <laughs> as a manager, uh, albeit in a different sport. And so, so yeah, I'm really, really happy to be here. Very humbling as well, coming in today and everybody that turned out and sort of the, the goodwill in the room and... Um, and to meet everybody and uh, you know the ball is rolling now um, in terms of the season ahead yeah one thing I'm curious on um, because your career has been a little bit different even since you've just been doing football or soccer whatever we want to call it um, what made you interested in coming to America in a sense because I know you did you did coach a little bit in China yeah Um, like why not Europe why America what interests you yeah considering the game is a little bit different here too no it's a good question Um, and Brendan Rogers the Celtic manager obviously has been a big influence on my career as well and and uh, hugely um, hugely giving of his time and when I was working there he would often say you know just put some time in the in the diary come in and you know sit and talk to me uh, you set the agenda if there's something you want to talk about, whether it's press and defensive, whatever it was. Um, feel free to, to put some time in the in the diary. And uh, over the course of one of those conversations, um, when I came back from China, Brendan says to me, "It's it's not about getting a club, Jim. It's about getting the right club." 
and and that that was ringing in my ears to be honest with you and I did have other offers um, yeah. over the last um, eight or nine months um, but when I met the guys here and sort of you know got to understand more about the club and uh, and sort of the uh, the enthusiasm in the club and the longer term play you know in terms of the stadium and you know looking to move forward and hopefully maybe MLS someday um, and uh, a lot of things just made sense to me yeah. um, as a starting point in my career and hopefully and as I said to the guys you know hopefully it can I can be here for a long time hopefully that we can all move forward together and that I don't have to move uh, for, for a long long time and we can sort of create success and, and, and build this thing together, you know. Yeah. I guess in uh, in closing, is there anything you want to say about the club, anything to fans, things like that? I think just in terms of the fans, for me, um, do you know when I was when I was growing up, I was a terrible loser. Uh, I was a really bad loser, and now I'm a really good loser. <laughs> and the reason for that, that'll sound strange, but I think the reason for that is because now I try to do everything possible to make sure that if we do lose, that we couldn't have done anything more. Mm-hmm. And so if I was going to send a message to the fans, that it would be that, that we're going to be working incredibly hard. Um, I do have a bit of a reputation for pushing people beyond their, their, normal, uh, their normal line of engagement, if you like. And I don't think that will change when I'm here. And I do believe deep down everybody wants to be pushed as well. And everybody wants to be stretched and everybody wants to be opened up. Uh, and if you can do that, you can create a new space for yourself to move forward. Uh, and that'll be my challenge with the players. And having spoken to some of the senior players over the last couple of days, um, I think they're the type of people that, 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 that I need around me and that the club need to move forward. And I just want to bring in people that can mm-hmm. add to that character. And um, and you're not going to win every game. And I and understand that you're not going to win every game. But You've got to learn from those experiences, though. So that's what it sounds like you're getting at. Is that right? Uh, well, it's, it's more that when they go out onto the pitch that there must be an honesty there and there must be a purity there mm. and that we must everything that's in our bodies we must leave it out on that pitch and I think if we do that we can make peace with the with, with the result and I think if we do that as well for the supporters that are there and the supporters that are listening today that won't be lost in them they will understand that you know my my guys couldn't have given any more tonight and when you get to that point that's a good place to be and yeah. for me that's 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 what I look to achieve with the teams, and, and as you say, you know, if you do lose, then it's well, why did we lose, and why are they better than us, and what can we take from that? Reintegrate that back into the the system, and and hopefully uh, get better as a consequence. So, so yeah, you know that that honesty is really important to me, and if that if we can get that within the group, then I think that'll transmit to the to the people that come along to watch us. Absolutely. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. I mean, you've been in America for, what, like less than two hours right now? <laughs> and we know you got a lot more stuff to do, so we won't yeah. hold you up. But uh, thank you again no so problem. much No problem. Much time. appreciated. Great thank to you meet for you. Thank you Okay. Goose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Uh, ben, just once again, thanks for sitting down and doing that. And thanks to Chris. Uh, Chris is kind of like our unofficial third member. For those of you who have not been listening for a long time, uh, yeah. Chris may not be on the uh in the credits so to speak but he we owe a lot of this podcast to Chris because a lot of it was inspired you know he he gave us the idea he yep. he just doesn't have the time to be a part of it um and but we are always grateful that he is our friend and uh that he is able to pitch in when he can so thanks Chris absolutely yeah definitely uh happy to have him uh 
be a part of this, help me with the interview process. Um, Cause to be honest with you, I was super nervous. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to show a little bit more in the audio, um, but I really, and thank you for the independence for letting us do this as well. Um, that's yeah, something I can't uh, thank them enough for um, because even though it was a short interview, um, I, I do still think it was a good interview. It was still a lot of good information um, that I feel more confident in with the, the change there. Um, I th- The biggest thing I'll take away from it is that he, as much as he, I think, I don't want to assume too much because I'm, I'm going to have to assume a little bit, but I think he's still going to have to figure out some tactics on what exactly he wants to do um, potentially. Um, he does seem very sure of of certain things, but it feels like he's very steadfast in who he wants to be as a manager. Um, the fact that he's going to want to get everything out of his, each and every player, I think is going to be key. Um, and it's going to be, it's, it couldn't have come at a better time, quite frankly, with us being a little bit lower in the standings this last year. Um, very excited to have him a part of the, the group, uh, part of the club. Um, what, what did you take away from the interview? I took away that he is very charismatic. Uh, I can mm. see why, uh, players would um, like to listen to him because he, I don't know if he just has a quiet confidence about the way that he speaks. And, you know, he, he never came off intimidated about switching. I mean, he, we make it sound like it was no big deal, but I feel like switching from one sport to another like that, you know, that's a big deal. And and to yep. be quite frank, the club is taking a little bit of a risk here, hiring him yep. because he's never been a head coach in soccer. That's that's a risk, and and, and you have mm-hmm. and you look at it from his perspective, it's much less of a risk for him because, if, you know, if he if he does poorly, there's no relegation. Uh, mm-hmm. The financial impact of doing poorly is not nearly as much as it would be elsewhere in the world if he were to get his start somewhere else. Um, mm. So, like for him, you have, if you look at it from his perspective, this is a great place to come over, and and get your head coaching career started in soccer. Um, but from our perspective, I think it is a little bit of a risk. I mean, Coach Jeffries yeah. is a highly regarded, highly respected man in the United States in soccer. Um, he's got a resume that speaks for itself in terms of success at, at head coaching. Um, and for him to be willing to take a step back and to focus more on uh, roster development and, and, and picking mm-hmm. talent evaluation and that kind of thing, I think that's, I think that's interesting. If you couple Coach Jeffrey's knowledge of the sport in the States and his ability to find uh, diamonds in the rough, you know, uh, a lot of us didn't know about a lot of our players last year. And I think a lot of them had talents and abilities that um, maybe you wouldn't, that wouldn't jump off the page. I mean, he took Kai Fosser who was an outside back in Europe, turned him into a central midfielder who was quite successful at times uh, Mm -hmm. when he was healthy. You know, 
stuff like that where you see where maybe coach Jeffrey sees something in a player that no other coach or person, you know, scout can see. So that'll be interesting when he can focus more on that and less on the tactical things on, on a game in game out basis and, and substitutions and things like that. Um, I, I think his strengths will definitely translate to the front office role. Uh, mm-hmm. It will just be interesting to see how quickly uh, Coach McGinnis picks up the you know the tactical adjustments and the substitutions and the man management and the travel and all that stuff because that that that's a huge difference between coaching in Scotland or I mean China, I have no idea what it's like to coach in China, um, <laughs> but that's part of what makes the United States unique. You can be playing on a beautiful f- grass field when you're playing at home, or you could be playing in Louisville you know, one of the mm-hmm. worst places to play a game of soccer in the world, uh, professionally. <laughs> I, I say that, I say that as no shade to Louisville and what they've done on the field. But you, yeah. if you just look at it from a playing surface and a black and white and, perspective, yeah, like it, it is what it is. You go um, from, it's a, it's a huge drastic difference that you wouldn't really encounter in other places in the world. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see where coach McGinnis, uh, makes adjustments. This is just a fascinating story. I mean, it could it could blow up. I mean, he could we, he could be a total disaster because he's never coached yep. soccer before, or he could be one of the best coaches in the United States in a couple of years. I, I have no idea. Like, I feel like this yeah. is go many ways, and I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, just because it's it's just so fascinating. Um, it's yeah, it, it's buzzworthy in the truest sense where I think w- when it originally broke, people were, I mean, I, I came in at the end of the, the news breaking, but I think people were a little bit in disbelief. Um, but really it's the, the positives I'll take from it are that he, as he, I think he said in the interview, I'm honestly not sure at this point, but he, he definitely is, he has a really good background. Um, he, he's a very well-spoken and I think he kind of, like you said, he will command people's attention. Um, he's going to be the type of manager that's going to get the best from his players. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what type of players he brings about as well. Um, I think that's going to be an interesting thing as well Is he's going to probably attract different types of players that maybe the USL hasn't really seen. Um, And I think it brings attention to the club, kind of like you said, that we haven't, we haven't really had this kind of a buzz in in a little while, I'd say really maybe since we opened up Matthews. Um, And I, the other thing I'm really happy to see is that we're building towards Memorial. Yeah. Um, that's one thing with the change in, um, the ownership, um, this past season, I I was curious to see what we may do. Um, I don't know if this is a direct byproduct of that, but it's still good to see that we're making some interesting changes to prepare ourselves for that. Um, and I, I feel pretty strongly um, that this is a, a net positive for us. Really, uh, it, it's it's tough to say 
um, without knowing the end result. Of course, like you said, it could go a number of different ways, really. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, I left the left the press conference with a, a renewed sense of um, I don't want to say hope, but excitement for the club in, in what direction it's going. Um, because this is, in a way, not a rebirth. I don't want to say that, but a, a rejuvenation of the club. Um, because we have had Mike Jeffries as the the coach for the our entire history. Um, so by default, it, it may not be a massive change, but it, it's a it could usher in a different sense of strategy. I think it's a new rejuvenation to the club, um, and I'm excited. I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm much more excited than I was previously, and I'm, I obviously was very excited before. Yeah, I I can sense your – I could kind of sense your attitude change after you went to the press conference and everything. And I was able to see – I was able to watch a little bit of the stream uh, like mm-hmm. he, where he took a couple questions and, and said a couple – things um it was a little bit hard to hear him but i was because i was doing other things at work um but he like i said he has a very uh well thought out answer to any type of question about tactics um which i think is good i think it's good to have a vision now i think this i don't think we should have the expectation that he's going to come in and we're going to be competing for a championship next season i think like you said, this is a move that is designed to build towards the future. Mm-hmm. I think he signed a three-year contract. Yeah, I think this I think, is a, a he's going to lay the foundation uh, towards Memorial Stadium in 2021. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's always we've always kind of known that that's the end game is once we get to yeah. Memorial, we need to have our stuff together. We need to have a a strong baseline fan base we need to have a defined style of play we need to have a little bit of a culture that then we can market to the city because like we all know you're not you're just not going to get many people other than diehards to drive out to matthews um but if you can build something that is sustainable in Matthews and then scale it to uh, Elizabeth or up to, or uptown Charlotte, mm-hmm. essentially. I, I think that's when you'll see the, the, the growth. Um, so as far as on the field expectations, I think we should, I think we should set our expectations pretty low. I mean, we got to give the guy some time. He's yeah. learning. He's, he's still learning a new sport. He's, and, and I don't, <laughs> I don't mean to kind of rain on anybody's parade. I'm excited about this too. I just am trying to give a little bit different perspective that no, it may not be, it may not be a, a huge hit right off the bat. We may struggle in the first year or two. going to move into a new segment that we're going to call speculation station (laughs) where we're going to wildly speculate about the 2019 roster (laughs) but no we there were a few players uh there in in, at the at the uh, unveiling they were wearing charlotte independence gear so i think it's safe to assume that they have been 
that they have signed contracts to play for the club in 2019. Otherwise, I don't know why they would be there. Uh, but those players are Donnie Smith, Joel Johnson, Jorge Herrera, and Brandon Miller. Did I miss anybody? Mm-hmm. It's just the four of them, right? Yeah, that that would that would be accurate. Um, yeah, it was it was I was a little surprised, honestly, um, to see a few players there. I was hoping to see some people, um, but but yeah, there there was a good little uh, congestion of people there. Um, Jorge had. He had a pretty good, lengthy conversation. It looked like with uh, with uh, McGinnis as well. Um, That's good. Yeah, and I I saw Brandon and and Joel uh, talking a pretty good bit with uh, with Dave Dixon as well. Um, yeah, and they all I, went to lunch afterwards together too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which I think, again, nothing's been confirmed. Nothing's been announced. No, this is speculation um, station. This is uh, yeah. this is. Don't take this as fact, but it's all off the record, even though it's on the internet. <laughs> but I, it's I think it's a good core. Um, I, again, I think w- we may have to do things a little bit differently as far as building our roster um, for this next season. We've already seen some players move on. Mm-hmm. Um, some players that have been here for a little while um, is being Jan Ekra. Um so I'm excited to, to see where we quote unquote build from here or, or when the, when some players will be announced. Cause there have been, as you may have seen a lot of teams announcing a lot of players. Um, not that we're behind the ball. Cause really, I mean, the off season is a lengthy process. It is. And we go through this every year, <laughs> yeah. you know, the teams that have money announce their rosters or that have more money announce their rosters way earlier because they, <laughs> they can do it. They can say, Hey, we can pay you more than any other club. And the players are like, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. it, that's just kind of the way it shakes out a little bit. Uh, the independents have never been one to, uh, have, you know, 10, 11, 12 guys on the roster before the new year. Uh, if they did yeah. that, that would be a drastic change. Prove and, him wrong. Independent. I mean, that would be awesome. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> if they were, if they announced tomorrow, eight, you know, like eight or 10 contracts have been signed for 2019. That'd be awesome. Eight, I just don't, yeah. I don't see that happening. Um, I think we'll get most of the news in late January into February and even into March when, you know, sometimes we have players that are still signing contracts and getting their visas together after the first game is kicked off. So, um, I'm not gonna panic if we don't have a roster, uh, by January 15th or something. So there, there's, there's certainly some names out there, uh, that we would like to bring in. I know we all have our fingers crossed that Enzo Martinez is going to return to Charlotte uh, mm-hmm. after having his contract declined by the Colorado Rapids. Um, I'm sure if Enzo is back, Alex will be back as well. I hope Donnie can get healthy because I think when healthy, Donnie is one of the better left backs in the league. Um, yeah. And if he, if if healthy, both both guys are healthy, I think. Donnie and Joel are as good as a outside back pairing that you can find in, in the USL championship. Um, Absolutely. So I think that's something that, uh, that's, a, that's a really good start to a back four. 
uh, assuming we're going to play in a back four. I mean, you never know. I guess we could play <laughs> in a back five or whatever. But yeah. but you know what I mean. There's that's a good start. So we'll see. I, I, I would love for player announcements to start rolling in, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything else that you would like to wildly speculate about? No, I get. I'm I'm all out of uh, the speculation station, or the train in the speculation station has now come to an end. I suppose <laughs> we're pulling back into. I don't know. We, we'll have to work on that for when we're <laughs> we're a little rusty. You know, it's our off season. We we didn't expect to have to do an episode in December. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, this caught me off guard for sure. Yeah. So, uh, but I hope everybody enjoyed the interview. I know I really enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Um, and it, it was it was really fun to hear him talk to you guys and answer your questions. Um, he seems like the the man management side of him, I think, is going to be really, really good for us. Um, yeah. I'm sure Coach Jeffries is a fine man manager, but this guy's got a background in sports psychology. Uh, he's a legend in Ireland in Gaelic he football. I mean, he has a statue in, in front of that stadium. I uh, think we're the only USL championship everywhere in USL uh, team that has a statue for their manager. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I, or coach, I should say, I feel pretty strongly in that. He's got a documentary about his life. He's got a book about his life. He used to have great long curly hair. The list goes on and on. It does. Um, I, I am an eternal optimist, but I'm very, I, I don't know that I've been this anxious for the season to start in December in a, in a couple seasons or so. I, it's, I couldn't think of a better reason to have a emergency pod. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting news. It, it's a little bit of buzz. It uh, is exciting. I, I don't, I, I don't, I hope people don't take away that I'm poo pooing all over this move. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm not, I'm not fully on the, oh my God, we're going to go, you know, take over the league with this newfound approach. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. I, I, I think at minimum, it's going to be a topic of conversation throughout the season. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to have a fun season. Um, but I, I, I hope it works out. I, I really do. But I think... I think the biggest benefit we're going to get from him right off the bat is his ability to manage a locker room and to push players like he was talking about in the interview. I think that part is is crucial because yeah. because like we talked about, we're not one of the biggest spenders in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to squeeze every little ounce of ability out of each player that we sign. Uh, he mentioned in the press conference that he likes small squads. I think that's perfect for us because we don't have the money to go sign a big squad and have 25 guys, uh, you know, 18 of which are starting caliber in this league. We're going to have to work for Louisville. I was just going to say Louisville has won the the last two championships and they, they have probably one of the smaller squads in the league. I think that that could work out perfectly. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can manage the, the injuries a little bit better because if you do have a small squad, the injury and you have an injury problem like we did last season, uh, that kind of can blow up in your face. 
But I, I'm really Good. excited that he said that because I think that's really important. He's going to have to work with each and every player. And like you said, he's going to have to get the best out of them uh, in order for us to succeed. And I think that that part of it is perfect. So I think yep. it's going to be it's definitely going to be a process that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm just not sure it's going to uh, be an instant success. I think I think it definitely has the chance of being a long term success, but I'm not sure that it's going to start in March, I, which that doesn't hasn't helped us in the past. It's ha- starting fast, so maybe if we can uh, if, if we we can get through a slow start and pick up steam and finish strong through a season, we'll see how that takes us. If you are a new listener to the show, you can find us online. We're everywhere you can think of facebook twitter instagram at talking jacks uh you can email us if you'd like at talk uh, talking jacks no g talking jacks at gmail.com um we look forward to hearing from some irish listeners i'm sure uh so so i hope i hope you enjoyed this as well um and Mm -hmm. thanks for thanks for joining us again uh, to coach mcginnis thanks for joining us for the interview and thanks to james for setting that up Yes. Um, and hopefully we can do a little bit more of that this season um, <laughs> and, and going forward. I'm really excited for season three of Talking Jacks. Um, yeah, we'll probably not talk to you again until January. So hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Uh, spend some time with your family. Drink some yep. hot chocolate and some cold beer. As always, come on, you Jacks. Woo! <laughs>